Financial Grown-Up Guide, How to Invest in IPOs, also known as Initial Public Offerings. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Hello, Financial Grown-Up Friends. This is the episode you guys have been asking for, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. There's been a lot of buzz about some really big names, quote, going public in something called an IPO, which is short for Initial Public Offering. In fact, that buzz is really well-deserved because according to Renaissance Capital, 235 companies may come public this year in 2019, And the company says that in terms of the amount of money potentially on the table that could be raised, this could very well be the biggest year ever for initial public offerings. So we need to talk about this. Big names expected to come to market include Uber, Lyft, Slack, Pinterest, Robinhood, Postmates, and maybe even WeWork. And a few of you have reached out and asked me, how this all works, and most importantly, how you can get in on it because it sounds really good. The short answer, it's complicated, but the truth is probably going to surprise you. In this episode, we are going to talk about what an IPO is, who can buy them, can you? Then what you need to consider before investing in a new stock, including some real world examples from some of our former financial grown-up guests. We're also going to talk about how you can get in on IPOs with less direct risk. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with my own not-so-pretty personal story about my own experience with the IPO market and why, to this day, the whole story makes me a little bit sick to my stomach. First, a quick reminder, if you're looking for the classic financial grown-up episodes where we talk to high achievers about their money experiences and what we can learn from them, They drop on Mondays and Thursdays. We now have basically a library of them that you guys can access right where all the show notes are at bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grown-up podcast. Just go there and there's a search bar. You can search by name for a guest or you can search by topic and hopefully you'll get value out of the old episodes. Also, you can just scroll through on whatever app you're using to listen to podcasts and just see what interests you. There's a whole lot there. And of course, feel free to be in touch with me directly. DM on Instagram at BobbyRebel1. You can also get to me on Twitter at BobbyRebel in the direct messages there. Or email me, hello at financialgrownup.com. While you're there, tell me more about what you guys want to hear so we can bring it to you. Let's get to IPOs. All right, number one, what are they? Okay, IPO stands for Initial Public Offering. That is when a company that is privately owned becomes a company that is publicly owned, meaning anyone can buy a share. Let's take it back a step and give an example. Pinterest. Pinterest was first conceptualized in 2009. One of the founders, for example, was a guy that used to be at Google named Ben Silberman. He was pretty well-connected and was able to get some pretty solid funding by big names, including Bessemer Venture Partners, Firstmark, Andreessen Horowitz, and Fidelity. So the company's been very well-funded all along, 
more than a billion dollars, in fact, $1.5 billion in private investment to date. So right now, it's privately held by all of these investors. Only people in those investment groups own shares of the company. When it goes public, assuming it does, the public can own shares, meaning you and me. Put simply, the investors, though, will get paid. Depending on how it's set up, different things can happen. Sometimes it's an exit strategy for investors so they can cash out a little bit. Sometimes there's a lockup period, which we'll talk about later. The company can also use the money raised in the offering to do things like expand the company. Very often companies use it to pay down debt. They can also use it to buy other companies, which is something that Pinterest has already been doing recently. They've been making acquisitions. The big question, how do you get in on the deals? The short answer, I'm so sorry to say, you probably can't, at least not at the offering price. Companies usually work with what is called underwriters. They hire investment banks that are kind of like the middlemen between the company and the investing public. Companies like Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch. There's a lot of paperwork and filing that happens along the way where the company does divulge their financials, their outlook for the future, all the financial stuff that is required when going public, which is a very complicated process in terms of all the different filings that have to go on. There's periods where they can't talk to certain reporters. They go on what's called a roadshow and talk to institutional investors. But when it's all done, the underwriters come up with the amount of money that they hope to raise. They come up with how many shares of stock they're going to issue, and there's different kinds of stock they can issue, and also at what price. The price is the offering price, but that offering price is not going to be offered for the most part to you and me. It's going to be offered to institutional clients like big brokerage firms. If you have a really big account at a brokerage firm and maybe you trade a lot, your broker maybe could get you some shares at the offering price. But for most of us, we're out of luck. The exception, employees of the company and friends and family. For the rest of us, we usually would have to buy these new stocks on what is called the secondary market, places like the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ over-the-counter market. So let's say a stock has an offering price of $10 per share. We can't get that. The guy that got that share, if he's not subject to a lockup period, could decide to sell it once the stock starts trading on an exchange, and we can buy it then. With a hot IPO, though, that price could be very high. So for example, very famous case was the globe.com. The company was priced at $9 a share. So that is what founders like Stefan Paterno got for the shares that they were selling, $9. But the stock opened at $87 a share because there was so much demand relative to the number of shares issued. Like many IPOs, the stock was volatile on the first day and in this case, beyond the first day. By the end of that first day, the stock had gone down to 63.50. So depending on where you bought it, it could be a very different feeling at the end of the day. You don't want to be that person that bought it at $87 just because you had to have it. You wanted to get in on it. IPOs are tricky. They're emotional. We'll leave a link to that episode with the globe.com founder, Stefan Paterno, and his talk about his experience with the IPO. We'll leave that link in the show notes. You guys know the show notes are always at bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grownup podcast. Another danger area in the IPO market is if you are an employee and you are given shares or given the right to buy shares, but you don't pay close attention and you don't diversify 
when you can. Sometimes you can't because you're locked in, but sometimes you can. This happened to two financial grown-up guests, Allison Task and Tanya Van Court, both of whom, I kid you not, lost more than a million dollars on paper, but still. And you may say, well, it's just on paper, but trust me, paper burns. Link to those in the show notes as well. Listen to their stories and learn. The most important thing to do if you want to buy one of these hot stocks is, you guessed it, your homework. There's a lot of paperwork on all of these. You can find it right on the company's websites in the investor area. Learn about the company in advance. Figure out what you think it is worth. A lot of these companies that are coming public right now have had so much support ahead of going public in terms of investor confidence, big investors, like I mentioned with Pinterest, that they're more mature than a lot of offerings in the past, which is a good thing in the long run, but it does mean that some of the upside has already been taken by these investors, so that leaves less when they go public. Be prudent. And you know what? It's okay to wait. It's possible you may miss some of the run-up, but here's the truth. If it's a solid company, It's going to be here for the long run and it'll be okay. You'll get in. Chill. Another option is to buy into a fund that invests in initial public offerings. I mentioned Renaissance Capital early in the episode. They have a ton of great data about IPOs on their website. If you want to learn more, they have a newsletter that's great. We'll leave a link to that. And we'll also leave a link to a list of other funds that invest primarily in initial public offerings. You guessed it in the show notes. Here's my story. I had the opportunity to invest in an IPO when I was at Reuters, which owned a company called Instanet. Instanet was an electronic trading company. It was spinning off into an IPO. As an employee, I was able to buy some shares. Now, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was probably a few thousand dollars, which was a lot to me then and still is now. I always thought of myself as a calm and cool investor. I never obsessively checked stock prices. I owned a few individual stocks, mostly index funds. This was different. Oh my gosh. And remember, everyone at the office was talking about it because everyone, all my coworkers were in the same position and so many of us had bought small and in some cases, maybe larger amounts of the stock. So the morning of the IPO, this is what we were focused on. I was so sick to my stomach. It was thrilling, but it was nauseating. What would I do if it soared? Should I sell and lock in a profit? But then again, what if it kept going up and I was the sucker that blew my chance at a small fortune? It priced at $14.50 a share. The first day, it jumped 21%. Okay, that was good. But what if that was it? I literally remember not being able to sleep. I was so obsessed with this. And this went on for about a week and it went up, but it also had some pullbacks. I couldn't take it anymore. I had so many stories in my head of people blowing it and I wanted to not blow it, but how? So I decided to sell half my stake and let the rest ride because you know what? You never lose money taking a profit. The proceeds from selling half covered my initial investment. So I was even kind of like playing with the house money at that point. That was the expression my father used when he kind of counseled me on this. And then I vowed to just stop looking and let it ride. So it went up for a while, but then it went down. When it was going up, I was so upset. I mean, everyone was cheering it on. Everyone was making all this money and I was still in it, 
but not like I could have been. I mean, I was calculating, even though I said I wouldn't touch it, wouldn't obsess, it was still there. But then it started going down. And then, you know what? I just didn't want to watch it anymore. And I let it go. My remaining stake in the end never amounted to all that much. But what I did learn was a priceless lesson. And that is for me, I am not a high risk trader. I do not have the stomach for it. One final warning. I was able to sell. Many insiders are locked in for a given amount of time and can't. So when they can sell, let's say the lockup ends after six months, that can be good and bad. If you bought the stock and you own it, it can result in a big dip in the stock and you can really lose a lot of value. On the upside, if you were patient and you waited, it can provide an opportunity to get the stock. And remember, in theory, the actual fundamentals of the company haven't changed. So you could probably get the stock at a better price. I hope I've given you some good foundation to think about IPOs and to really get honest about your risk tolerance. These IPOs can be really lucrative and they can also be heartbreaking. They are not for the faint of heart. Before we wrap this up, we need to talk. This podcast is free. The only thing that I ask of you to keep it that way is to help me grow it. I need your help. The way this happens, quite honestly, word of mouth. So if you like this podcast, and hopefully you're already subscribing, help us out by telling someone else. You may even need to show them how to listen to a podcast, help them download it and subscribe on their phone. And if you can, take a few minutes to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And if you do, take a screenshot and either post it on a social channel with me tagged or send it to me at hello at financialgrownup.com so I can thank you. And of course, suggestions on topics are always amazing. Let me know if you plan to get in on any of these IPOs and how it goes. It's all good, whatever works for you. And here's to all of us getting a little bit closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.